Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Welcome back, beautiful, to the New Truth Podcast, episode 43. Uh, beautiful Catherine Daniele is still in the midst of her big move with her husband across the country. And so sending her all the love today. Um, and I have had the pleasure of bringing in a co-host, another guest co-host facilitator today, who's one of my dear, dear sisters and one of my favorite women on the planet. She is magical and powerful and beautiful and just every word that comes out of her mouth is poetry. Um, you may recognize her name and her voice as she has been a guest on the New Truth podcast before. And her name is Kylie Macbeth from uh, Being as Beautiful is her Instagram. And our title of our episode today is From Codependency to Liberated Love. So I feel so excited to share this magical human with you today. Kylie is magic. Like I, that's the word that I think of when I think of you, just absolutely the most loving beautiful soul. When, when I first met you and your Instagram handle is being is beautiful. Like that is you. It's so wild. You're like, you are such a, you're, you're just present. You're just one of the most present people I've ever met and just have are so deeply dropped into your heart from the moment I met you. And yeah, you're one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. So check her out on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to, to dive in with you today. She is a spiritual teacher. She is uh, the co-founder of Zira Health. She is, oh my gosh, so many things. A witch, a fairy. <laughs> I know. Bios, All the things. Bios and me are, are having to take some time to explore because it's like there's so much. Yeah. You know, thank you and so much for that beautiful intro. Kate. Well, it's it's perfect so. because your being is beautiful and the bio is all about doing and we're talking about who you are as a human being. Yeah. And this is who you are. So thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's an honor yes. to be back in conversation with you in this beautiful community that you've curated. Mm, so happy to have you back. And I'm so excited to share. So from codependency to liberated love, I'm so excited to share with you that, um, that Kylie is going to be diving in today and sharing her love story. She has a really, really epic love story. And Catherine and I have been talking lately about how, you know, on the New Truth podcast, we really want to start highlighting. I mean, we talk a lot about how to be conscious in relationships and how to of course, most importantly, stay rooted within yourself and operate from your truth as opposed to your conditioned mind or your patterns or your saboteur. Um, and so what we want to start doing is highlighting amazing relationships, because I think that a lot of women get discouraged when they see um, they see you know, they hear all of these things of how to show up in the new paradigm of love, but they don't see a lot of models who are walking the talk. And there aren't a lot because the truth is this is like less than 1% of the population who are actually probably less than 1% who are actually living a conscious, awake life that's honoring of their own truth and their own path and who are experiencing love relationships with people and breaking free from familiar familial, which means family <laughs> patterns and, um, and you know, all, all the protective mechanisms that are in place. So I feel so excited to, to dive in with you and hear your story. Um, and however it comes out today, Kylie has the most beautiful love story and 
there was a rupture and there was an ending and then there was a coming back together. And it's just such a beautiful story. So I'm so excited um, to hear you share this story with us. And I would love actually to start with asking you a little bit about relational, like what your relationships were like before you met Mark and then, and then take us to your story with Mark, if you're open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Love a little journey down down the timeline of my life. Yeah, memory lane <laughs> and like, oh, what was that relationship like? Um, yeah, straight up, my patterns in relationship, I have, have been codependent as they come. I was the codependent mm. cool girl. That's really how I've identified myself is nothing could really phase me. I was like, okay with everything, like super chill. You do whatever you want. Um, and, and that served me until I started to completely go invisible <laughs> and was like, okay, mm. Kai, you're not, this isn't cool anymore. Um, and really I've only, I've only had probably two major relationships in my life. Um, mm. I'm kind of like a, a serial dater in that. I date when I choose to date somebody, I date them for, for quite a time. Um, but before Mark, I was in married, I was married and the template in that relationship was, I was highly codependent after university. I felt internally really unstable, mm. meaning like I didn't know where my next step was. And the, pressure of becoming an adult and standing on my own two feet and figuring it all out was, was extreme internally because I hadn't seen it modeled in my family system um, or in my lineage as I looked up and was like, okay, this is what you do. You, you graduate, you get married. And- oh God. Right after graduation. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just yeah, some of these narratives were so loud in my head wow. as to like, this is the path you take. And so I ended up getting married and I knew I was going to marry my ex-husband since I was 13. I know it sounds crazy, but I was like, aw. I like had this knowing. Yeah, aw. I mean, <laughs> so I, I never aw, thought. And it's fantasy, but like I just picture 13-year-old you. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and it came true. Wow. And it did come true. And, yeah. you know, he's a beautiful soul and we had some serious contracts together and I was grateful for that relationship, for that marriage and everything it taught me. But really what, what ended up happening was I started to wake up about a year into that marriage. Mm. How old were you when you, when you married him? I was 22. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very young. Very young. Started to wake up around 23 and was like, something's off. Uh, like you're not where you need to be. Something's out of alignment. I could start to feel that voice yes. and that like narrative popping up for me, like that that soul speak, if you will. And I was terrified. I was like, no, no, no. You keep that way repressed in the dark recesses of your being because mm-hmm. you're the good little girl. You don't, you're the good wife. You're the good daughter. You do not rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Force equals death. I mean, for me, it was a death. It was like yeah. complete rupture of not only the marriage, but it was of my identity of who I thought I was. And so after that process of dismantling and awakening, um, I started to do a lot of healing work around the patterns of perfectionism, the patterns of people pleasing um, and dis and really excavating all of the conditioning that was in the way of, of even knowing or understanding what it meant to be a human and how Mm. to relate to myself and even know that we have thoughts and we have emotions. Like I didn't have any of that language. I was so intellectual that I was so disconnected from my body that I was kind of just on autopilot, Mm -hmm. you know, following the template, the intergenerational template that was set down. And that rupture was like, okay, it's time to wake up. And, and so, and so did you, and I'm, I'm just going to break, yeah. um, I I'm imagining that some of the women listening might not know certain language that you're using. So like rupture mm-hmm. did, when you say rupture, I'm imagining you meant the ending of your relationship. Was that the rupture or there were, there were a few ruptures. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's yes. go into so rupture. You- rupture is like any conflict that rocks the relational dynamic, right? That invites in 
um, some more clarity, some more assertion or some destabilization to look at what, what's actually happening. Like, is it, it's a point in time where I think some of the shadow and conditioning meet and it's yes. an opportunity to get curious. Okay. What's, what's going on here? What's underneath all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so were you doing all this work, the healing and the, the uncovering all these patterns while you were still married? No. How did, how did your relationship come to a close? Come to a close. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, this is a good one. Um, I ended up cheating on my husband and I hooked up and just kissed at a Christmas party, mm-hmm. my boss and whoa, <laughs> yeah, you know, the power, di- like all of this is like yeah. looking back, it was like, but you know, what's so interesting about this moment in my life. I look back on it and damn, I was stuck in a shame spiral for, mm-hmm. for probably a good solid two years around this story and why wow. I had to choose that path to completely, um, blow up and annihilate my whole life. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, is I didn't see another option. Like yeah. it was like, you must blow it up or you're going to be stuck here. And yeah. I would rather blow it up than be stuck. And that's the identity of like the perfectionism. I'm like my whole identity. I was mm. so grasped to it and so enmeshed with it or infused with it. Yeah. That one day the shadow mm-hmm. or soul, whatever you want to call it, um, was like, Hey, if you do this, and I remember vividly hearing it right before I kissed my boss. I was like, if you do this, your whole world will implode. And I was like, great, because I, I'm yes. dead already, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that was, that was a major rupture, not only in the relationship, but also like my whole being, I yes. pretty much went supernova trying to reconcile the part of me that did that with all of these identities. You're like, I'm the good girl. What's happening? Yes. Exactly. I remember oh looking in the gosh. mirror, Kate, and being like, who are you? I have no clue. How did you even get here? Yeah. Because, because I also loved my husband, you know, it's weird. It was like, wait, I love this person. Like I, it was a confusing time. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Didn't know we were going into that story today, but thank you for sharing. And well, thank you for sharing it because I, I, I mean, I believe that a lot of relationships do end that way when people can't find that deep, sense of courage within themselves to actually just speak their truth. Like, especially if you have no tools, no self-awareness, you have no idea, like if it's even your truth, you know, it's just like this feelings bubbling up and your mind is doing everything it can to try and convince you that the feeling is wrong and that you must stay in this role. And then you must stay being, being a wife and that you can't disrupt the, you know, being the good, perfect girl and following the story that you were taught you were supposed to have like that. I I think that that, that type of rupture does happen a lot. And it's because people just don't have the words and the, the, the tools to be able to make that choice themselves. And my, my hope is after listening to your stories today, but also the new truth podcast is that women are starting to have more and more and more courage to be able to stand for their own truth, no matter what. And it's like, we, you know, choosing to not abandon ourselves over abandoning other people. Like we, that's what the new truth is, is about hearing that whisper and that feeling and that call of the body or the soul and actually being willing to stand for it. And sometimes that looks like making out with your boss if you don't have the words. So I hope it was a good make out. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) was it good? Just, I mean, I was so dead internally. Like I'm not like I was actually zombie. Yeah. It was very interesting. Uh, So I don't really recall, you know, I just remember waking up and my whole body shaking for literally four months of like, I don't know who I am, you know, Um, and so much pain. So, so yeah, I hope that story serves as a tool in that way to mm-hmm. relieve some of the shame that one might feel when they don't have the words and have to destruct in ways that are not, not the easiest. To yeah. Not the easiest. And it can hurt, but also ultimately it's like, Hey, we're not responsible for other people's experience. And it really, I believe that we all come in to this lifetime with, um, the soul curriculum that we're meant to experience. Like we learn, you know, curriculum at school. We're all, every, every one of our souls has curriculum that we're here to learn. And if you're 
partner has to feel the pain of you falling in love with someone else or you cheating or you whatever. Um, not, not that this is purpose of this is not to encourage cheating, but like, if you're, if you can't muster up the courage to speak your truth and it ends up coming out sideways, which, which happens, that was exactly what your partner was meant to experience for their growth path and for their evolution. Um, I I feel like the ego is just so self-centered. It's like, oh no, I'm responsible for everybody else. And I got to make sure nobody else gets hurt. So I will live in prison within myself and lie to myself and hide who I really am away from the world just to not hurt other people. But what that's actually doing is, I mean, holding them incapable and it's fucking with their curriculum and yours. Yeah. It's like a trauma bond with the world. Yes. It's like, no, get me out of that. Like (laughs) we don't need more enabling. Exactly. That's what it is. It's enabling. And that's what it is. It's enabling, but it's also, you know, clearly that's what we've learned in order to stay safe. Yeah. And stay secure is stay in your own little box and don't rupture or don't shake the system um, because you might be exiled. You might be killed. Like who knows? Like some of the intergenerational or ancestral narratives that are stored in our body and our time in our, in our lineage that, that we're kind of bumping up against as we step out of codependency and into liberated love. It's not an easy walk. And that's why you only, like you said, not a lot of people are modeling this. And that's what terrified me the most last year when I was hearing the voice of like, it's time to go. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought, you know, I've been doing the work, you know, like, why can't, you know, why can't this be good enough? Why can't? Mm. And I remember some of my mentors looking at me, they were like, "Uh, because you're not supposed to live like a quote unquote normal life in the way that normal has been modeled. Like you're here mm-hmm. for a deeper love. You're yeah. here for a more rich, magical um, experience in this lifetime. So stop settling for familiar. Stop yeah. settling for trauma bonds. Stop settling for codependency. And I was like, well, this is all there is. This is all I know. Yeah. And it's right? also what most people are modeling. So it's yeah. confusing as fuck to like, and hard to hold that, that, that faith that something else is possible yeah. when what you look around you is just a bunch of people who are settling and who have cut off parts of themselves in order yeah. to make a relationship work. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's, it's, yeah, it's a sad realization to look back on your timeline and be like, wow, wow. Yeah. I've been hiding. Yeah. Yeah. No more. So Okay. I want to hear the whole love story. Cause I don't even think I know your whole love story. I, oh, actually, no, I do know a little bit. I want to know the beginning, like how you and Mark got together, how you came into each other's worlds and like your relationship the first time. And then, yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was rolling out of divorce. Right. So I met like, I'm obviously like after being so dependent on my ex-husband financially, but dependent in ways of like sourcing security, sourcing identity, sourcing, mm-hmm. sourcing everything, validation, worth, um, stability from that relationship. I, my pendulum swung to the complete opposite side. And I was like, you are building a foundation to make sure that you never depend on anybody again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the version that Mark first met was super avoidant, super afraid to to lose myself um so to to back up to the origin story here uh, mark actually reached out to me via dm on instagram slid into your dm slid into the <laughs> dms and at that time you had to send a picture so he sent like a you did picture. yeah that's yeah so that was cool. a thing oh yeah um, i think you i think you told me that recently but that's so weird to me i don't remember that maybe i never said sent dms back then mm-hmm. yeah strangers. I mean, yeah exactly <laughs> Actually, I don't think uh, I've ever sent one to a stranger. <laughs> well, leave it to Mark Groves. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how that, you know, Mark and I are in constant conversation jokingly about who knew of each other first, but my yeah. twin sister, Jess, started tagging me in Mark's work and was like, you need to read this. And I was like, I don't care about love. <laughs> literally effed. Like, I want nothing to do with love or relationships right now. And- <laughs> and 
long story short, I don't know who started following who, but Mark ended up reaching out to me in my DMs because I started sharing a little bit more of myself on on online and on my personal blog. I started writing about my story, started writing about some of the things I was learning about this human experience and wanted to support other people in liberating themselves from from unconscious patterns and a disconnect from their emotions or just even a framework that that would allow them to relate deeper to their internal world without having to walk around blind like I was and I was so angry I remember being so angry I was like why didn't anybody teach me about the unconscious mind why didn't anybody teach me about emotions and how they worked why didn't anybody teach me about relationships like or how to communicate like I was yeah I was I was deeply upset with with the world at that time. Yes. Um, system. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take it all down and I'm going to liberate everybody by giving them all the information and tools they need in order to live free. Yes. So yes. And I'd probably say I'm still on the same mission. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just continue to be initiated deeper into what that actually means and looks like. So yeah, Mark and I started dating shortly after that initial check-in and um we were both living in different cities at the time he was in vancouver and i was in las vegas and i went to vancouver flew up visited him and then came back and that was really supportive initially because i i i was pretty avoidant i was pretty afraid of losing myself again in relationship yeah but there was something that kept pulling me in and I think it was because of Mark's emotional intelligence mm. and his ability to teach me um, and to examine um, and support me in looking at my own internal world and blind spots. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just like we just started hanging out. But, you know, Kate, I got to be honest with you. When I look back on that, I didn't have my foundation set. Mm. I was not financially independent. I was still living off of money that I received from my divorce. Mm. I was, I still didn't complete the initiation from maiden to mother, basically, or didn't complete the initiation to fully source safety, security, validation, and worth for myself. Right. Which is the reason you left the marriage in the first place was to exactly be on the quest to have that within yourself. And this is such an important conversation because this is what no woman is taught to do. Mm-hmm. And that every single one of us really needs is to feel that foundation within themselves. I feel so sad. All the women I hear Um, I do a lot of calls and speak to a lot of women all over the world. And there's so many women who stay in relationships because they feel trapped because they don't feel like they can make it on their own because they've never built that foundation within themselves. And this this is so important. Uh, But yet the old paradigm is codependency. It is. Oh, once a prince comes along, then you'll be fine. Then everything will be fine. And then you can share a bank account, share a bed, share all these things. But like, that's not setting you up for success within yourself. And when rupture happens or death happens or something happens un- unexpectedly, well, now you're left with nothing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know that story well. Um, but it's also that fire that that propels us to actually create that inner foundation and, and bust yes. through some of these patterns of codependency. Yeah. Which is really, I believe, just a trauma response because we don't actually know how to be in our bodies and to expand our capacity to move through um, what's in the way of us standing in our sovereignty. Yes. It's it's not an easy ride. No. No. Like there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of um, emotional debris that has to be processed in that, in that journey. Well, so, I feel like our generation is actually the first generation to break it, to break, I agree. To, to break the codependent patterns of relationship because relationships used to be more like a business arrangement, but it was like, but women were property of men and we didn't even get a say in who we married. And that still happens some places in the world, thankfully not here. 
And now we do have choice and now we do have the ability to make our own money and to create our own success and our own foundation within ourselves. And yet, you know, still most women have the dream of having, because of the, like you said, the family script or template or whatever you called it, it's like that just gets passed down to us. And we just think, okay, we're supposed to do the same thing. Here's the blueprint, go like find the person that fits the thing. And that, you know, completes you and it, it just leaves us so powerless. And yeah. we are the first generation to break free from this. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel so I mean, proud of us. <laughs> of course, there's been many feminists that have come before us yeah, who've done a lot of work for sure, to for get sure. us to where we are. But but at the, I'm the first in my generation. I'm the first in my lineage. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and there's no judgment around... No. The relational dynamics people find themselves like again going back to what you just described in terms of soul curriculum is like you know that's the path and and if there's i think you know there becomes a point where it's like conscious consciously choosing to relate in certain ways where one might be the provider or whatever you know that 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 actually create more safe safety and internal flexibility around these power dynamics that have coexisted um so yeah. Back to, back to the incomplete initiation, but also the perfect initiation. I mean, in Mark and I's first relational go, we relationship, we were in partnership for almost four years oh, and I learned, years. wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I learned so much. Oh my gosh. I busted through so many patterns, so many, um, so many blind spots. Like it was such a gift. Um, but there was something underneath all of the victory and process that I continually swept under the rug. And I'm not sure if I've ever shared this story with you, but I had a dream about six months into our relationship. Yeah. And the dream, I woke up and it was a burning house and I was terrified. Like my whole nervous system was completely shook. And all I heard in the dream was it's time to go. And at that time, the only thing that that meant to me was like, it's time to leave the relationship. And I was so angry. I was like existential temper tantrum. I was like, absolutely not. I finally <laughs> found a good guy. Like, you know, all the stories and narratives. And I, and I shared that dream openly with Mark and in, in our first relationship. And I then just pushed it under the rug and named it a shadow as like, Oh, that's just fear. You know, mm. that's just the avoidant part, or that's just the trauma that I haven't integrated yet showing up in the dream time. But if I sit with that more deeply and something I had to reconcile with last year was actually, that was my soul. That wow. Was, that was actually my intuition speaking. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to listen. Yeah. I was like, I don't have an internal foundation that is strong enough to be able to, to take this. You know, my internal psychic structures were not strong enough or my ego wasn't strong enough to be able to move into complete dissolution. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of fun in our first relational dynamic, but we were, we were in it. And by the time that one ruptured, we were in a pretty solid trauma bond. Like we were both so disconnected from our actual truth. We were so disconnected from our inner children. Mm. We were, we were deeply entrenched in, in the deepest layer of our core wounding. Mm. And so what, if you were to bring that into like actual relational dynamics like what did that look like in a day-to-day relationship well it looked like a lot of ambivalence for me yeah it was like it mark always describes it as he was playing whack-a-mole with my needs or my desires Mm. or with everything because he'd be like where do you want to live or where do you want to and it was just like one day it was this and the next day it was that and obviously it's not like that specifically but then there became a point where he was so angry with the whack-a-mole that he was like that I got scared and so I started just agreeing with everything he wanted wow where I was just like yeah this sounds great even though internally I'm like absolutely not I I want nothing to do with this so it was really destabilizing and very confusing for him because as he got pushed into his core trauma pattern of like pleasing and placating and and making sure that I was okay like he was just like this is exhausting and we were both so exhausted by the end of it because Mm. we both 
I always say that when I look back on it, it's like I had one foot in adolescent in that core trauma bond. Mm-hmm. And I had another foot in liberated love. Like there was a, enough of an inner adult that could, that could taste, that could feel what that mm-hmm. would look like in our relationship dynamic. And I kept trying to get there, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that was driving me insane. I was like, I've done so much work. And how that really presented in, in my experience, wh- especially in the trauma bond, was I was the broken one and mm-hmm. Mark was the one that was okay. Mm, this happens a lot, I think, in the male-female dynamics in relationships where the man, it seems okay because they're less, we seem broken because we're we're more emotionally in touch. We're more in touch with how we feel yeah. moment to moment, whereas men compart- can compartmentalize. Yeah. So, yeah. But that oh, was I- also the dynamic we took on. I was the underfunctioner and he was the overfunctioner. Right. So he was the one that had it all together from the outside of like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just waiting for you to choose me. And it's like, right. Uh, no, you abandoned yourself literally three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not just okay. Right? Yeah. That's not how dynamics work. It's not that's, like one person's right. got some stuff going on. The other person's perfect and ready to go. <laughs> well, and I also think that the power dynamic for that trauma bond to, to really play out in that way is I had to maintain yeah. a powerless position in order to keep our relationship going. Yeah. And what really flipped that is the dream started showing up again last year and my body wow. started to shut down. I couldn't get out of bed. I was having excruciating pain in my right side. It felt like all of my life force was being sucked out of me. And I remember coming home from, I don't know, an acupuncture or some type of session. And Mark looked at me and he was like, and thank God he said this. And he, we often think that we've had a lot of spiritual guidance in our relationship of like certain nuggets coming through that just are like necessary in order to wake us up to things we can't see in those moments. But I remember him saying, I don't want you to stay if you have to be broken in order to stay. Mm. And everything started to shift for me. As Mm. soon as he said that, it like opened a door and he was like, you're not broken. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm not broken. Oh my God. Like my intuition's actually working. Like, oh my God, something's off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the dream is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And instead of utilizing all of that information to continually beat myself up and become more fragile and more small, which is actually when I look down my lineage is what women have had to do in order to source safety and security in these, in these relational dynamics um, wow. is stay powerless. It, and so as soon as he said that it, it became really clear, like, okay, like something's off. And no matter what it is, it doesn't make sense to me rationally, but um, I'm being called to go. Mm. And so I, I, at this point I have to go because if I don't go, I'll die. And I know that like, I not yeah. even just from a spiritual perspective, Kate, like it got to a point and I haven't shared this really at all on, mm. on, on many. Yeah. Yet really is like, I was dying. And I actually talked to a few women last year who went through very similar initiatory processes where actually one of them did die. She wouldn't leave. Yeah. She she died and never came back. She didn't leave their relationship and she ended up dying. And so fat. Yeah. I heard this um, from, from a woman I reached out to because she was describing the whole process that I went through last year with Mark with herself. And she basically was saying that, this is going to be way off like for maybe some of the listeners, but she was saying something along the lines of women who are here with deeply important spiritual missions Mm. were being targeted and their life force was being siphoned through trauma bonds. Mm. And, and anyways, long story short, what that invitation is, is to actually do the deeper work to heal the trauma bond. So you never find yourself in those types of dynamics anymore. Right. So, um, anyways, I felt less alone because I was like, oh my gosh, last year was wild. Yeah. And nobody talks about the depth of the wildness or the depth of the darkness. No. When you're when you can't see out of it. And what I'll say about that is is it wasn't just an initiation in the choosing of self and releasing Mark. Cause I wasn't just releasing Mark. I was releasing the version of me that I was in that relationship. 
which mm. is essentially the version of all the women that have ever existed in my lineage in relationship. Right. So it was like a large load. It was a large load. And one of the things that came up for me when I started to trust myself in that, in that process of saying I have to go is it started opening up such, such depth into the ways in which we've been in codependent dynamics, not just in relationship, but with the systems we live in. Mm. So it was like looking at all of the isms, like capitalism, colonialism. Like it was just like, it, it, it just like the whole system as a whole was like, you have to dismantle this internally and all of your cultural attachments to how everything looks in your life. And so I was invited to release everything, not just Mark. I was invited to release Instagram. Wow. I was invited to release Zura Health. Like any identity where I was sourcing something externally, I had to release last year. Wow. And that was terrifying. Yeah. But I did it. And yeah. I thank the heavens every single day that that was a part of <laughs> my mission or a part of my spiritual curriculum, as you say. So, um, so what did you do in that time where you let go of everything? You just like sit in a room and stare at a wall. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was wild. It was, it was, well, I know I just, I just did work on healing myself because I got to a point before the rupture where I was like, so lost again mm. it's kind of how I felt at the end of my marriage of like oh my gosh I thought you did all this work like why are you so and don't get me wrong I had enough of an internal foundation like I trusted myself enough to be like we're gonna do we're gonna release everything um and not only because I trust soul with everything with everything and I did a lot of work Kate I mean I worked with somatic therapist all year last year to heal my nervous system because that's where those trauma bonds can really hook in is when we haven't done the nervous system work. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of somatic experiencing therapy, healing my nervous system. I did a no man diet. So I completely removed all of the distractions of the masculine. So what funny. does a no man diet look like? Like you don't talk to men? For no. three months, like and like any men, like your dad. No, dad is okay. Um, in everybody's containers in a no man diet will look different. Yeah, but for me, it was like no flirting, no looking on their Instagram, no hunting, no, um, <laughs> yeah, no dating, no, no any of that really, no sex, yeah. no obviously. Um, yeah, and. When I first set that container of like, okay, I'm going to do this for, at that point I was doing it for six months. Um, and that's only because I had a session with Mark Wolin. And I don't know, are you familiar with Mark Wolin and his work? Mm -mm. It's not always about you is his book. And he's, he does a lot of work in healing our ancestral trauma mm -hmm. and, and, and our patterns there. And I remember him saying to me like, so if you don't do this work, now I'll be having the same conversation with you in two years. And I was like, oh, no. You know, it's like you don't know the difference between love and the high that you get <laughs> from meeting people's needs and pulling them close and making them feel good. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's right. Like, I'm really good at riding that love addiction wave of making people feel good. I'm really good at it. Yes. And it's actually been probably my uh, number one survival strategy is psychically intuit what other people need, uh. make them feel seen, make them feel good, pull them close as a way to source safety and security. Yeah. And so I've been doing that with men my whole life. Mm -hmm. And the invitation after that session with Mark Wolin was you need to remove all of the masculine you can no longer source anything from the masculine. And he had me do a lot of work with healing my relationship to mother. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was, 
truth be told, like as soon as I set that container, my whole nervous system went into complete freak out mode. I was terrified. I was like, I'm dying. I'm basically going to die. That's how deep the pattern was. Wow. And luckily I had a lot of support. I called in a lot of sisterhood in order to support me in that initiation. And I felt deeply held. And I think that these types of initiations where we have to dismantle everything require community. Yes. A hundred percent. Because they're cultural wounds too. Yes. Community wounds that have to be healed in community. And there's something so powerful about, I mean, everything. Sisterhood is everything. And we preach that every episode. I don't know where I would be without the most extraordinary women in my life. And I, I just think like there's so many moments where we just get to mirror each other and remind each other of who we really are in those moments. We want to go to the addiction or go to the place of collapse or go to the choosing the thing that keeps us feeling safe, but also keeps us small and dim and, and lifeless. And surrounding yourself with women, not only having them, like, this is what I get from our sisterhood, like our group of women, not only having the constant reflection of how amazing we are and what's possible for us, but also each one of them modeling it, you know, being, Mm -hmm. being surrounded, like, this is so important. It's not just having female friends. It's having like sacred sisterhood. Like there's a big difference between having girlfriends and having women who are rising and you are rising and you are supporting each other to rise. It's very different. Very different. And actually Clarissa Pinkle Estes in her book, Women Who Run With The Wolves says that in order to complete initiation, women need other women surrounding them singing hallelujah. Like, yes, it's, and I I actually fully believe that I couldn't complete the initiation beforehand in the way that I wanted to, even though I knew that's how I needed to complete it because I didn't have community support. I, at that time, I didn't even have really a relationship with my family system because I just rocked the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, uh, I need you, you know, right? Yeah. That very young part of me, yes. very young system was like, yes. I need something else. And yeah. um, I yeah. the And the, that is the part. It is that, that little girl inside who... Yeah. Like all the women who are stuck in toxic relationships or trapped in these kinds of dynamics and, or, you know, single and thinking like, oh, I'll, I'll feel better when I have a partner. It's like, that is the little girl. All of it is the little girl because she's just longing to have safety. Like, like dad provided or didn't provide when she was little and she's longing for that masculine safety, but we have to be able to cultivate it within ourselves in order to have a really, really healthy, conscious, thriving relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that really opened up for me in that no man diet container was just how internalized my own inner patriarchy was. Like I had this internal patriarchal voice that was shaming me, that was Mm. telling me I'm too much, that I'm too this or too that. And my inner feminine was completely degraded and repressed in my being. And Mm. that's why I lived most of my life in this hyper-masculine place um, for survival and, and only when I removed the external masculine was I invited to really look at my internal masculine and create one, get into a way deeper relationship with it, but then also to create more space over time with myself by honoring myself for my feminine to rise. And that was the biggest gift that I received from that container was a deeper connection to my feminine soul, to my feminine essence, to my womb. Mm. Yes. And building the foundation. Did you do that too? I, yeah. I mean, that's a, (laughs) that was fundamental. I, I'm now at a place where I am unconditionally okay, no matter what happens in the external world, because I know how deep that internal foundation is where I know I can source safety, security, validation, all internally through soul, God, sacred, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I'm no longer sourcing anything from the external world. That is incredible. Wow. And so do you like, okay, I can't, and we're also going to go to the story of you and Mark now and what your relationship is like now and how you, how you recultivated that. 
Um, but I'm just so curious now in terms of these aspects of yourself, like, do you have daily rituals, practices that help you stay plugged in? Cause of course this ego is sneaky and is always there. Like, how do you keep this so strong within yourself, especially now that you're in relationship? You know, it's a really beautiful question, Kate. I was not to the same degree terrified as when I first met Mark, but to a similar degree when we started dancing again and, and, and dating, we started dating. We went on a, we, we entered a three month dating container to see if what was in the highest and best alignment for us, um, and our soul's path. So, but this was a big thing. I remember getting on the plane and I was flying to Vancouver and I was like, we cannot lose ourselves. We cannot lose ourselves. Like, and this was like the big test of like, how deep is this work in your being? Have you really deeply embodied your ability to trust yourself and to stand up for yourself and to assert your needs and you know, all of it. Cause historically I didn't remember. I was the one that just kind of went with it. Um, and I remember landing and on the plane and I don't know, I could probably pull it up, but in my notes, I was so clear, like I need this this is a non-negotiable. Like I had to like be really firm with myself yes, of just yes. knowing that I was going to be anchored in what I knew to be true Yeah, for me. And as soon as I got off the plane, I entered into the house we shared for a couple of years um, in the house Mark still lived in. And I had zero emotional charge or nervous system activation. Wow. It, it literally tripped me out. Like I was like, oh, I actually feel okay. Like this is really odd. Like I was thinking like, but it was like, no, I'm good. I've got me. Yeah. And it, it was really a, a really profound moment in my life because I was like, oh, it's, it's actually in me. And I really think that the main piece of this, and maybe Mark and I will talk about this, um, was actually our commitments around our, our sexual energy. Because mm. I think that's where we get hooked in really easily. Yes. You know, it's like, uh, let's just have, you know, sex because that's, I mean, we've been in partnership and it's all this thing, but I was, it was very clear up front that that was not actually going to support us in finding clarity and, Mm -hmm. and doing the work that we needed to do to heal or to name or be with whatever still needed to rise in the container of this reunion. Yes. Um, because sex really just gets in the way of actually the deeper work sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Because um, it stirs so much up and it activates all, all everything. those, all those pheromones or all yeah. the, all the chemicals in, and, and then it can muddle your perception. Exactly. Yeah. It can muddle it. And, and I was clear, I walked in clear and I was like, this is, this is what's going to be. And I don't know how so for 90 be? days, no sex. Uh, no, for six months. Six months? Yeah. I don't, I haven't shared that one yet. Wow. Mark's well, okay with that. No, he's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is sharing. Yeah, no, this is a, this sharing is a, it first live on the Nutrient yeah, Podcast. Here you are. Um, this was something that I was sitting in ceremony, and I think I shared with this on the last episode, was in reconnecting to my womb and actually really anchoring in and devotion to my womb and saying, I will no longer, um, dishonor you. Mm. That was huge because I mean, as a people pleaser, you kind of just, it's transact. Like there are times in your life where obviously your body's saying no, but you're like, yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, I have so much compassion for all women in those dynamics and Mm -hmm. even for my past self who, who didn't have the voice or agency to be able to really honor, um, the womb. So in ceremony, it was clear to me that, um, I needed seven months, seven bleeds to completely heal my womb and to completely excavate and to completely be with and reconnect with her without any, um, with any, without any interference. So I named that upfront with Mark clearly in our reunion and I was terrified of, but I was just like, if this is a no for you, that's totally okay. But like, this is, this is what I actually have to do. And I remember him getting a little like, and he can speak to his experience there, but like I was becoming the powerful one and I was the one in control and I had, and I was just like, no, like, this is just my truth. And I can understand how you feel that way. Cause that's a pretty big, like 
move to, mm-hmm. to name and declare. But I really think that that's actually what healed. Um, Codependency. That's what's healed it. Yeah. yeah. I really think that that's actually yeah. what's anchored in liberated love is because yeah. I was willing to completely honor self and to repattern mm-hmm. the way we relate to sacred sexual energy. And Mark and I both, we, we sat in a ceremony together around this and we healed our whole timelines together. We healed, and it's, it, like, it makes me emotional because, you know, it's a very rare thing <laughs> to be in a union where there's that much uh, willingness to yeah, do and- the work that, that we have been invited into. Um, so I feel very grateful that Mark, um, yeah decided and chose to show up in that way to repattern at this level Mm. and you know he said to me I think he said to me about four months in he was just like I just want to say how grateful I am for you for standing in your truth here he's like this has been so deeply healing and opening and liberating for me and he's like you're right like this is actually what and I was like <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's just, it's now repatterned the way that energy moves in our relationship. And, you know, it's no longer leaky. It's no longer like, cause I'm just like, the type of love I'm calling in is deeply sovereign and it's sacred. And there's going to be a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of growth that that requires to be able to step into. So, you heard it here first. Yes. I, I feel you, so special to be if, <laughs> first. If you want liberated love, you got to do some stuff around your sexual energy. Yes. Because that's the most powerful energy we have. Yeah. This and, is so beautiful. Yeah. Thank the, you. I have the most, most um, intense goosebumps that lasted a really, really long time. <laughs> um, it, I just... I just feel so emotional thinking of you in that moment of like you finally in the woman standing with and for herself, willing to lose someone she loves because she's like, this is, this is what I need and being so clear and so honoring of yourself. That is the new truth where we honor ourselves. And when we honor ourselves, the people that are in our life either like evolve with us and it becomes the greatest gift to them too. It'll be a gift to them, whether they evolve with us or fall away. But ultimately it's like, it is the thing that's needed for all when we have the courage to stand with and for ourselves and just imagining you before being ambivalent and then being like, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, I just have to stay safe in this relationship. And then the house burning down in your dreams and like, and then you, that's what you did. You burnt it all to the ground. And now, I mean, God, every time I hear you talk about Mark, whenever, I mean, you're away right now. So obviously when I talk to you, it's on zoom, but like your face, like you look up a little bit and your cheeks are so big and just like your smile is so big. And it's, I, I can feel your love so deeply. And every time you guys post a photo, it just like my heart expands and grows. And this is the love that we need to heal this planet. Like, like we need more people on this planet. And we, I think it's going to come from women, like in order to dismantle yeah. patriarchy, in order for us to actually experience this soul love that we're all longing for, we have to be willing to stand for it yeah. because men aren't going to be leading in this arena. It's women. And, and there are men like Mark out there who are willing to evolve with us, but we, it has to start here has to start here and that's what i mean that's that's really it it's there's a beautiful book that's written about this specifically it's called fierce feminine rising and i read this after i did all this um but it that was the sentiment was like women need to anchor this deeply into their own inner strength and Mm -hmm. through sisterhood so that they can actually um catalyze Mm. the shift in consciousness that needs to happen on this planet because women historically, I mean, we are the, we are the psychic, um, (laughs) 
the psychic leaders here. Like we see things, we see blind spots, we see, and it's like, we've been hiding what everything we know because out of safety, but it's like time where it's like, Hey, you're unconscious. Hey, like, and obviously you're going to say that in a kind and clear way, but it's like, it's time. Like we can't, we can't stay in this at this level anymore. It's it's not going to work. Yeah. Cause we, we, and be, and we see things and we feel things we feel yeah. women, every woman I have ever worked with at, like we, you know, so often women are like, but how do you know the difference between your own internal, like wisdom, knowing guidance, GPS, intuition, whatever you want to call it versus your saboteur voice in your head, ego, we feel like something feels off. Every woman I've ever worked with who's been cheated on Mm-hmm. Like husbands having multiple affairs or whatever in those kind of toxic dynamics, like they felt it the whole time. They knew the yeah. whole time. They n- didn't necessarily know what mm-hmm. was off, but they felt that was off. Women are so we are powerful. We are magical. That's why we used to get burned at the stake. That's yes. why, like, this is the magic that we have within us. But most of us, like you said, I mean, I'm so, this is such an epic episode. I'm so, <laughs> and I can't <laughs> wait to tell everyone what's coming next week. Um, but I'm so, um, I love that you shared your marriage story too, because it just, it, I mean, that feeling of like you were dead in your marriage, you felt completely lifeless and yeah. dead. And that's like the story of Elizabeth Gilbert in Eat, Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. Woke up one day, she had the most epic on paper life and is like, okay, I don't want any of this. Like I need to blow it all up and go try something else. And ultimately it's because most of us are operating in our lives so unconsciously. Most of us are on autopilot, have been handed that script, are just following the script, doing the thing we should be doing, being the good girl, being the, you know, powerful one, being the, this, being the, that, doing the thing that we were taught to do that became, that, you know, was our protective mechanisms that we developed as children. And then we're walking around as adults, like completely depressed, going to the doctor, asking for Ativan or whatever the heck they give you when you feel bad and, you know, trying to numb our pain or numbing it with alcohol or numbing it with um, food or whatever. And just like living this mediocre life. And yet, if you're listening to the new truth podcast, your soul is meant for so much fucking more. That's why you're here. You're here to hear these stories, to be inspired. I mean, you showed up today to hear Kylie's story, her epic story. And I want a little bit more of the story before I tell them what's coming next week. Um, Because there's something inside of you that you're like, you're, you are trans. What's the word? Transmuting trans trans. Forming. I don't know what the word is. Um, you're from this episode because you're like, there is a healing occurring right now from this episode, from her sharing this story. Transmission. Transmission. Yeah. What did I say? Transmute. <laughs> Transmutation. That too. That works too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This is, it, it's a call. It's a call home. We've got to come home. We've got to yeah. find all that we're looking for outside of ourselves in relationships yep. and in any area of life. It's all inside of us. We're chasing ourselves. They're trying to find the one. You are the fucking one. So come home. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. So yes, I want to know a little bit. So tell us um, like actual, what is your relationship like now? Yeah. So, oh gosh, it changes every day. You know, it's so... Um, Here's what I'll say the biggest shift has been like when I really reflect is it's it's two adults mm. engaging in conversation now. Like it's very mature. It's very clean and clear. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, there are moments. Well, actually not really. Mark and I really never have moments where there's too much anymore, too much of the dysfunctional <laughs> communication <laughs> styles. Um <laughs> Because it's just like, no, it's not going to work here. Um, But just there's such a deep reverence for Mm. each of our needs, each of our desires, each of our our missions on this planet. And every single day, I think, as we continue to trust – and walk into this this new way of relating because it's still new for us. Mm-hmm. Like 
<laughs> you know, we're still figuring it out. And um, it's just sweet, you know, there's so much more joy. If that's one thing I could name in our new relational dynamic that that was kind of hidden, but deeply wanted to, to be witnessed in our previous dynamic is the joy. So like hmm. we laugh and laugh and laugh because oh. we're no longer, hmm, we're no longer afraid to be all of who we are, mm. you know, and we both are, know we're both unconditionally okay with or without each other. And that's something we've expressed since the beginning of this reunion is like, whatever your truth is, is great. I still love you unconditionally. Like walk it. You know, there's no like trying to hook or save or keep or, you know, it's just like, cool. Like I fully trust the path we're here to walk. And it's been, it's been deeply healing to repattern on every single level, what relationship can look like. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's how I would describe it now. Uh, just so much integration, you know, integration with all the parts and I think, you know, Mark will probably speak to this, but um, when I first entered into this reunion, I was on fire. I was so fierce. And I was a little like fiercer in my, I remember Mark saying like, this is not the same woman. And I was like, you are very right. Like there's a <laughs> lot of stuff I haven't been talking about. <laughs> wow. But he really opened the doorway for me to express all the things that I had been repressed in my shadow about patriarchy, about men, like about all of the experiences in our relationship where I didn't feel seen or honored or witnessed and not consciously. It's just because yeah. we were both walking down patterns of disintegration um but it's just been really fun to create a new relational dynamic from authenticity from integration from from liberated love it's like free no hiding i don't know it's like now it's just like where me yeah and it's like okay how how deeper um, can we go? Mm. You know, I think there's this, I forgot who it was, if it was John Wyland or one of those teachers who was like, there's three phases of, or three stages of relationship. And I forgot, but the last one was all about like, through you, I meet God. Mm. And I feel like in this union or reunion, is it's opening up doorways to connect with more of the sacred, more, more God. So here's so to that. Beautiful. So beautiful. Oh my God. I'm so happy that we did this. There's some trick or treaters out my window. It's a, you're, oh. you're a bit early, bit early yeah. guy. Um, yeah. You had me in tears. That's the first time I've ever cried on the podcast. Um, so thank you for sharing this unbelievably beautiful story. And for those of you who don't, uh, who know, some of you may know Kylie's partner. Um, his name's Mark Groves. He's a love and relationship teacher, educator. I don't know what his exact title is. Um, he's amazing. His Instagram account is create the love and he's just like pure love. And so are you. So you together are just like, Oh, oh my gosh, my heart explodes every time I, See you together and he's just pure love and his teachings are no bullshit so awesome he's so funny um he's really really cool and we have a very extra special surprise for you um this episode it, because this conversation about conscious relationships and how to really do the work and how to really up level and come from our sovereignty and relationship is so important on this podcast and we haven't had enough models of it. And so we have the pleasure of bringing on Mark next week. I'm so freaking excited. So Mark <laughs> is coming on next week. We've never had a guy on this the new big. podcast before. So this is a really big deal. This is big. Not to mention all these parts of the story that haven't been told in uh, public before. So this is a really, really big deal. So Mark Groves and Kylie Macbeth, are going to be on the New Truth podcast with me and 
possibly Catherine, depending on where she's at in her move, um, for another deep conversation about this. And we're going to get to hear Mark's side of the story next week. So cannot wait to dive deeper and to witness you two <laughs> together on an episode together. And yeah, I just feel so lucky. And so it's just so, so cool. Mark's the perfect first man to crack the seal on the New Truth podcast. And he's such an amazing model for um, mm. for everything that we teach about. And yeah, I just am so grateful to be on this journey with you. And I love you so much. This conversation was unbelievable. And thank you so much for sharing all of your story and all of yeah. you and every single little bit is so important for mm. the women listening. And, Thank you, you know, I think as women, we, we just need permission, you know, and every time another woman has the courage to share her story of her journey, it gives us permission. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And thank you for creating such a safe container for all of me. Yeah, I cherish you, and I can't wait to to have Mark join the <laughs> join the conversation. It's going to be good. So good. So tune in next week, and if you like this episode, as always, share it with everyone you know. Every woman on earth needs to hear this message. So definitely spread the word to your girlfriends. Um, you can comment, review, um, join our Facebook community, the New Truth Movement. Um, thank you so much, my love. That was so much fun. I love you so deeply. And to all of you, we will see you next week or we'll, you'll hear us next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the New Truth Podcast. You are a woman first. Throw away the fairy tale story so that you can have the real thing and a life that you freaking love. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and share it with all of the amazing women in your life who need to hear this message. And it's all women. Every woman. <laughs> like every woman you know. Share it with your grandma. You can find us on Instagram at The New Truth Podcast and our website, thenewtruthpodcast.com. Sign up to receive your free gift from us. The three major myths about love keeping you settling, sacrificing, and sabotaging your relationships. Go get it while it's hot. Get it. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you soon. See you soon.